Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Sully Baseball Daily, the podcast we talk about baseball 365 days a year, unless it's a leap year, and then we're going to do another one. I've been doing this every single day since October 24th, 2012, and it is now the fifth day of June 2016, and I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording from Sully Baseball Studio in Palo Alto, California, the birthplace of Oakland A's manager Bob Melvin and former Detroit Tigers starting pitcher Dan Petrie. Well, it is Sunday, and you know what that means. It's time for the Sunday request. And I'm going to do a Sunday request today from someone who probably didn't think he was sending me one. Now, I've I sometimes will throw it out there like a jump ball, like, hey, what's a good topic for the Sunday request? And I'll get a bunch of them, and usually Cubs fan with an eight will send me 15 of them, of which I realize I need to make it a weekly segment where I just answer his questions, which is my new thing that I do every Tuesday. But someone wrote me something the other day that caught my eye and stayed in between my teeth like a poppy seed from a bagel. Rob Ullman, whose uh, avatar on his Twitter handle, Rob Ullman is his name, Rob Ullman is his Twitter handle, R-O-B-U-L-L-M-A-N, follow him, give us, give, I would get all of you, all the thousands of you who follow me on Twitter, start following him immediately, let's boost his numbers. Uh, his, his Twitter avatar is a Pittsburgh Penguins Let's go Penguins picture. I'm here in the Silicon, uh, Silicon Valley where everyone is going bananas for the San Jose Sharks. And I am rooting hard for the Sharks over the Penguins. I'm sorry, Rob Ullman. Uh, he said this, Sully Baseball at MLB reports, does Bird lose his half wob for cheating? Now, I know that was meant tongue-in-cheek. And uh, for those of you who don't know what it is, it's Marlon Bird. Marlon Bird, Cleveland Indians outfielder, journeyman outfielder, probably the definition of a journeyman outfielder, was suspended 162 games for violating the league's performance-enhancing drug policy and because this is his second offense. So he is going to lose 162 games. And... And he had a good game at uh, one point. I don't remember the exact name. He earned half a wob in a loss for Cleveland. Now, he's now gone, and there are some practical things. The Cleveland Indians have a eye on potentially winning the American League Central this year. Marlon Byrd, who has hit, you know, he's a 20-home-run-a-year player, and they thought they could plug him in and get some good offense. And as it turned out, he was using PEDs, as was collectively bargained for. The second offense is 162 games, and the Cleveland Indians are going to be in need for an outfielder. If you are a team like, say, the San Diego Padres, and you very well may have an outfielder who is available, maybe a Melvin Upton, maybe a John Jay, maybe they'll do something cheaper, you can start talking to the Cleveland Indians and say, hey, uh, I hear you lost your outfielder. I hear you lost your right fielder. And we may have you, we may be able to work something out with you. I don't know why I made him like uh, someone from the Lower East Side of Manhattan from the 1930s, but that's all there is to it. You take a look at Marlon Bird. 
he's had a long career. And he, this is his, uh, really his 16th year in the major leagues. He had a cup of coffee with the Phillies in 2002. But his rookie of the year candidate, he was a fourth in the rookie of the year with the Philadelphia Phillies in 2003. And along the way, has he ever played in the postseason? Yeah, he played in the postseason with the Pirates. Boy, that's a team you never thought would be the place you'd rely on for a postseason appearance. But, yeah, he's been the definition of being kicked around. A few years with the Phillies, about four and a half years with the Phillies, two years with the Nationals, and then three years with the Rangers. And then he made his lone all-star game appearance with the Cubs in 2010. He played a couple years with the Cubs. He played 34 games with the Red Sox. I don't remember a single one of those games. That was during the Bobby Valentine year. He wound up with the Mets wound up with the Pirates in, turn, in time to get to the postseason with them. He wound up back in Philadelphia, found himself with the Reds, found himself with the Giants, found himself with the Indians. Now, one of the interesting things is when I'm looking at this career, when you look, the, the Phillies went on a big, big tear in the postseason. You know, you remember between 07 and 11, the Phillies win it every year. They won a World Series, a couple of pennants. They were always a big-time contender. And he was there right up until they were about to do that. He was there in 2005 with Philadelphia, and then he was gone by 2007 when the Phillies started winning all those titles. Then he was with the Rangers just before they won back-to-back pennants. And he arrived with the Chicago Cubs just after they won back-to-back divisions. He was on the Red Sox just before they won the World Series. He was on the Mets a year and a half before they won the pennant. Then, you know, then he was with the Reds after they went on that run where they were in the postseason a lot. He was on the Giants the year after they won the World Series in 2014. And then this year is with Cleveland. So maybe him being kicked off the Indians is going to be a good sign for Cleveland because he seems to arrive at really good places. I mean, he could have played for the world champion Phillies, a pennant-winning Rangers, world champion Red Sox, uh, pennant-winning Mets, world champion Giants. He almost played for a bunch of teams. He would have several rings. And now Cleveland, who we're not sure where their basketball fate is going to be, may be thinking, hey, this may be a good sign. Maybe we're going to win the division. Maybe we're going to win the World Series if we got Marlon Byrd out of there. But that's not what this is about. This is not about his career like that, but actually in a kind of a way it is. Now, Byrd is suspended for an entire year or, or a season, 162 games. And probably for a couple of days he's going to be the example of this is a terrible thing that he did, the performance enhancing drugs and da 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 da. And there was a very good column that was written by um, Buster Olney on ESPN, surprise, Buster Olney's a good writer, where he was bringing up the elements of this that, that are hard to avoid. The fact of the matter is, is that, you know, Bird, as I said, got a huge couple of big hits. And he got a couple hits that helped send someone uh, to the minor leagues. Lane Somson of Cincinnati got sent back to the minor leagues. And 
bird homered off of him, and then Lane, Lane Simpson was, you know, his ERA ballooned up, and he was sent down. And you take a look at someone like that, and he is, you know, it's enough of an issue when you're a young pitcher on a rebuilding team like the Cincinnati Reds to try to make a name for yourself. And you, know, you do it up against someone who's all juiced up. Yeah, you, you, can, you can imagine that this is, it must be a frustrating thing. The Sunday request had me wonder, should I scrub his half a wob that he received? We're going to always find people are doing performance-enhancing drugs. And the people who wanted a good program to catch people, well, they should be happy about something like this. I mean, Bird is a player who, is, who did it, was caught, and is paying a penalty. And it is not a small one. He is, how old is Marlon Bird? Marlon Bird is not a spring chicken anymore. Marlon Bird is now damaged goods at age 38. This very well may be the end of his baseball career. You know, if you miss an entire year, so it's a 39-year-old dude who hasn't played since uh, late May, early June when he was busted for PEDs. I mean, chances are you're not going to get another shot after this. And so if this is what you wanted, if you are a fan and you say, I want to have a strong PED program to catch players if they did something wrong, congratulations, you got it. Absolutely, you got it. And if this is what you want, then great. And I have no problem with it because I have no problem with the game being clean. I have no problem with people... You know, if this is the rules and you want to have people be clean, then fine. Over the years, I, I don't know if this is a cynical side to me or more of just someone worn down. I don't care as much. I've seen the double standard. I've seen the hypocrisy of how we get worked up over players. Chances are people won't get that worked up about Marlon Bird, but they probably won't give him a pass either. They'll probably discount his entire career to performance-enhancing drugs. And when you take a look at it, he was 31 when he first passed 20 home runs in his career and then became a consistent 20-home run hitter, and then all of a sudden we discovered was using performance-enhancing drugs. Sorry, that fits the narrative. D. Gordon didn't fit the narrative because he, he was a skinny speedster guy doing performance-enhancing drugs. I think people will forget about D. Gordon because he didn't leave much of an impact on people. People dismiss the career of Marlon Byrd because despite his all-star game appearance in 2010, yeah, it's not like he was a superstar. It's not like he was a transcendent player. He was the definition, as I said, of a journeyman. Someone who bounced around. If you're a Philadelphia fan, you're a Texas fan, you are a Mets fan, you're a Pirates fan, you're not sitting back going, oh man, I'm just going to bounce my kid on my knee and remember the glory days of watching freaking uh, uh, Marlon Bird play baseball. But you look, and this is why someone's going to do performance-enhancing drugs. This is why it's going to happen. In 2007 and 2000, yeah, 2000, well, really around 2006, he was someone who was already played for two teams, hasn't really caught on with one of them. And you can't help but wonder, okay, am I going to make it or am I not? And then you saw that 
yeah, he made it. He, he wound up hanging on for another 10 seasons. I don't know when he started using the PEDs. You can look at his career and say, well, it looks pretty suspicious that he was struggling to keep a job. And then in his 30s, he became a, you know, a steady home run hitter. And along the way, picks up some contracts, $3 million, $3 million, $5 million, $6 million, $8 million, $8 million. He's going to make a million dollars this year. That's why it's going to happen. You're going to see that happen, and you're going to continue to see that happen, and you're going to continue to see people work around it and try to get around it. Just like you're going to continue to see people do insider trading. It's like you're going to continue to see people try to, you know, cheat the banks or cheat the insurance company. Because when it works, it's very lucrative, and when it doesn't, you get caught. And people don't think they're going to get caught. Or you think, you know what, it's worth the risk. It's worth the risk to prolong your career. It's worth the risk to become a millionaire. And as we see, we don't really care. We don't care that they use performance and drugs. We care that they got caught. We can see someone like Bartolo Colon. Can you imagine Bartolo, if like Alex Rodriguez did everything that Bartolo Colon did negatively? I'm not even talking about his, his secret family. But he was, you know, he shows up to season after season out of shape. His physical condition made sure that he couldn't, in his Cy Young season, he couldn't pitch in the American League Championship Series for the Angels, a series that they lost to the White Sox in five games. That he was suspended for performance-enhancing drugs down a pennant stretch where his team desperately needed him in 2012. And he's beloved. No one ever mentions that. He's beloved no matter where he plays. When he hit the home run, it was one of the great moments. People were cheering and loving every minute of it. People crying when Andy Pettit wipes his tears and, oh, we're going to lose Andy Pettit. David Ortiz's farewell tour. We all love him. We love him because we excuse him. We only care about if it's, if it's someone we dislike, we can assign all the anger of PED use to Alex Rodriguez or to Barry Bonds, or to Roger Clemens, players that people didn't like before they were associated with performance-enhancing drugs. People reviled Alex Rodriguez when he was being called the possibility of a clean home run champion. People didn't like Jose Canseco. People liked Mark McGuire. People didn't like Roger Clemens. People like David Ortiz. People thought Manny Ramirez was a jerk and a big baby long before he was associated with performance-enhancing drugs. Marlon Byrd is a journeyman, a player who those fan bases may not even remember that even played there. He was an all-star with the Cubs. I know a ton of Cubs fans. If I told them, it's okay, sit down and write some of your favorite Cubs of all time, you're going to go down a big, long list before you see someone list Marlon Bird. So do I wipe out that half wop? And the answer is, of course not. Because he did it. Whether or not you like how he did it, he did it. You can't go back and scrub things out. You can't go back and pretend things didn't happen. You can't go back and say, okay, well, because that person cheated, we can't have that record anymore. You may not like that Barry Bonds has more home runs 
than anybody in the history of baseball, Major League Baseball. But that's a fact. He did. Just like I can't as a Red Sox fan, you know, you can point to all those huge home runs that Ortiz hit and all those huge home runs that Manny Ramirez hit. Yeah, but what about the huge home runs that Jason Giambi hit off of Pedro Martinez in the Aaron Boone game? What about all the big games that Roger Clemens won? What about every single game where you're not sure was the pitcher juiced or was the batter juiced? You can't wipe it out. You can't wipe out the A's beating the Red Sox in 88 and 90 when we knew they had Canseco and we knew they had McGuire. And there was already rumblings of steroids back then. You don't believe me. I've mentioned this before. Watch the Kirk Gibson game. They talk about Jose Canseco and steroids in that. So I, you can't wipe out what happened. You can't wipe out the fact that the you know, the Chicago White Sox through the 1919 World Series. The Reds are listed in history as the world champions that year because they were. You may not like that, but that's true. I don't like the fact that baseball was segregated, but it was. I don't like the fact that there were advantages and disadvantages for certain players based on their ethnicity and where they were born. But they did. And did some players cheat? Yeah. Yeah. Did we find out that maybe there were shenanigans going on during the 1951 uh, uh, game of Bobby Thompson home run? Yeah. Did we find out that, you know, Whitey Ford was, you know, scuffing balls and everything? I know that it's a false equivalency. Performance-enhancing drugs, using that is against the law. Scratching up a baseball, putting a spitball on it, is not against the law. It's against the rules of the game. But once a game happens, what are you, you going to do? How are we going to go back in time and scrub things out? The only thing we can do is move forward. Marlon Bird has played 14-plus um, years in the major leagues. 14-year career. He's become a millionaire many times over. He's finished his, you know, basically, let's face it, he's finished his career. He had 159 homers. He batted 275, which is respectable. Finished with a not bad OPS, career OPS of 759. Wound up playing for a mess of teams. And if you wrote a list of all the people who he was teammates with over the years, it would probably be a pretty impressive list. Some Hall of Famers a lot of world champions, and probably a lot of PED users. I mean, what are we supposed to say about, you know, he missed that Rangers team that went to the World Series a few years. And one of those series, Nelson Cruz in the League Championship Series, wound up hitting six home runs against the Detroit Tigers and helped the Rangers win the pennant that year. We know that Cruz was a user. Do we wipe that out? who and the Tigers were. This is what a program like the Performance Enhancing Drug Program is about. It is not about wiping out the past. It's about making sure the future is clean, or at least cleaner. Or if you're cheating, 
there are consequences, and beyond a slap on the wrist, and beyond a little sanction. For Marlon Bird, this is probably it. This is probably it. And he probably is not going to come back. Or if he does, it'll be for a lot less, and it'll be with a ton of scrutiny around him. But I'm not going to take back any home run he hit. I'm not going to take back a single game he played. He stayed in the game. You may not like how he did. It may not have been on the up and up. And he was caught. This is what people wanted. But do you know what they also wanted? They wanted home runs. They wanted a show. And baseball had that and profited from, from it big time, stumbled over that. Should I take away his half a wub? Of course not, because he, he, he got it. Just like Rafael Palmero got his 3,000 hit and got his 400, 500 home runs. The most obvious juicer case in the history of baseball was Rafael Palmero. We all saw it. We all knew it. When he was caught, it was the least surprising thing in the history of humanity since the sun rising and the sun setting. But he got those 3,000 hits. He got those 500 home runs. I'm not going to erase them. And if I'm not going to erase them, then let me tell you something, Rob Oldman. There is no way I'm racing Marlon Byrd's half wob. Do you know why? Because nothing is more sacred than who owns baseball. So if you have something you want me to talk about, you send me a request via Twitter at Sully Baseball. I can talk about this on the request. Go to MLBreports.com to see the up-to-date listings of who owns baseball. Go to SullyBaseball.wordpress.com. Like me on Facebook, subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram. I'm everywhere. The music is by Ted Tacker and Patrick Kaliski. This has been the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast for the fifth day of June 2016. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sullivan.